Welcome to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch this and all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe while you're there. Today, our associate pastor Eli Hernandez preaches from Acts 28 and teaches that in God, we can find comfort, purpose, and transformation. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's sermon. Hello, Bridgeway. Good morning. How are you doing? It's so good to talk to you on this day and to all our friends all around the world. Hey, listen, I pray that today the Lord will bless you and talk to your life. I pray that he may minister to your souls. Amen. Listen, it's always an honor to share God's word with you all. I pray that the Spirit of God will saturate you with supernatural power as I share God's Word with you all this day. Uh, Please take a quick moment to just share this. You know somebody who who needs to experience the presence of God. You know somebody right now that you've been praying for. Listen, I believe in spiritual breakthrough, and I believe that acts of obedience create something. And so share it with them, text it to them, do whatever you need to do to make sure that they have an opportunity to hear God's word. Today, I want to go beyond information and into transformation. So I want to pray with you for a second. Let's pray. Lord, please move in a mighty way and touch our hearts, dear God. Heal broken marriages, break addictions, deliver us from our own dysfunctions. Remove all bitterness and anger from our souls. Destroy the shackles that are holding our minds captive. And and Lord, touch us with Holy Spirit fire. Today, dear God, dear Lord, I declare and decree that you are God and that you are God alone and that there is nothing impossible for you in the throne, dear God. And so I pray, dear Lord, that you may move in a mighty way. Thank you, dear God, for everyone who is listening and everyone who is watching watching in Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Today, I want to talk to you on the message in need of the fire. Quickly, wherever you're at right now, just just turn with me to Acts chapter 28. We're going to go from uh, verse 1 through 6, but I want to put it in context. So at home, in your own homework, just read Acts 27 because it gives you the the history of this passage. In fact, read both 27 and 28 uh, uh, so that you can comprehend the entire message. Because of time, I'm only going to be able to focus on a few verses. Verse 1, it says the following, Acts 28, verse 1, all the way through 6, we're going to go. It says... After we, brought, we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had began to rain and it was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them in the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fasted on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire 
and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. So I've spent the last few weeks praying and discerning the voice of the Spirit in regards to today's message. Throughout this time, I haven't been able to shake it off. See what I did there? I haven't been able to shake it off, to shake off the story of, of when Paul was shipwrecked in the island of Malta. To many, this journey was an awful experience. It included fear, hunger, imprisonment, bad weather, and of course, being shipwrecked. But to those who understand that the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, we understand that there is purpose behind every experience in our lives, good or bad. If we truly believe that God orchestrates everything, we must also believe that even the smallest details of life are orchestrated by the Lord. Some of the most profound truths in the kingdom of God are hidden in the small little details of the word of God. Nothing just happens. The word teaches us that there is no coincidence in Christ Jesus. Paul says in Romans 8.28 that, that, and we know that in all things work together for good for those that love Christ Jesus. So here we see a shipwreck. Here we see a storm. We see a situation and we can get stuck on all the hardships and all the difficulties that Paul and all the other different people were going through. The when of this event is significant. They had just survived what had to be one of the most traumatic events of their lives. They were caught for weeks in a terrifying storm and finally shipwrecked on the shore of this strange island. It was by no chance that they landed on this island because history teaches us that this island was full of pagans who had never met Jesus Christ and didn't know of his name. Notice this. The first thing that they did when they got to the island, is, it says in, in, in Acts 28.2, it says, The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had began to rain and it was cold. They were tired. They were weary. They were cold. Their strength was spent. They were in a confusing place and situation, but they took time to go to the fire. The fire... It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit and of the presence of God. If you read Matthew 3.11, which I'm not going to go read the whole verses, but it's right there. It should be on the screen. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. On the day of Pentecost, it says that and, and divided tongues of fire appeared to them and uh, uh, appeared to them all. 
When you look at the story of Moses, Moses had an encounter with a firing bush representing the presence of God and of the Holy Spirit. You see, fire is not always bad. Fire is what separates the good uh, from the bad. Fire is what separates the, 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 the kids from the men, the boys from the men. Fire is what tests you, and fire is what makes things different, the fire of God. A scholar once said that the greatest mistake of the Old Testament was that they didn't accept God the Father as the Father. He says that the greatest mistake of the New Testament is that they didn't accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God. But then he says that the greatest mistake of this generation is that they haven't accepted the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Trinity. They haven't accepted the role of the Holy Spirit, how he transforms, how he changed, how he's moved, how he's active, how he's doing something to intervene in your life and on your behalf. Did you know that the presence of God dwells inside of you to give you direction, to, to give you inspiration, inspiration, to guide you? towards the presence of God. When you look at this fire, there are several lessons in this word. One of the first things that you see is that it was in the fire that they found comfort. They had just gone through one of the most difficult situations of their lives, yet they just had an experience that, 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 that in that fire where they found comfort. They didn't recognize the people. They were shipwrecked, like I mentioned earlier. They were going through different situations. They were imprisoned at the time. But one way or another, they found comfort in the fire. You see, when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there is a level of trust and confidence that dwells inside of you. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have problems in challenges that they don't exist the moment you serve the Lord. But what I am saying that when the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, you can have peace and comfort in midst of a storm. When you understand the role of the Holy Spirit and you understand that nothing just happened, all hell can be breaking loose around your life. And yes, it may hurt. And yes, it may confuse you. And yes, you might be going through difficult situations. But at the end of the day, you have a confidence that those who don't know Christ don't have. And the confidence is that the presence of God dwells inside of me. And because the presence of God dwells inside of me, one way or another, I will get out of this situation and I will fulfill the destiny and the calling and the direction that God has for my life. Says, I need the fire. Go ahead, right there. I'm waiting. Put it up. Start tapping it right. I need the fire. You, I need the fire. I know I do. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. Those are the words of Christ. When Jesus was ready to ascend into heaven, he says, I am leaving, but I am leaving the comforter, the Holy Spirit. Depending on the translation, there's different versions of it. But at the end of the day, it's saying, I am leaving the comforter. Paul, often you find it all through the Bible in the New Testament. You see Paul oftentimes boasting about his hardships. Hold up, Paul. How can you be going through hell and boast about it? 
How can you be going through what you're going through and actually celebrate it? You know, this, you know Paul in one moment he says, he says, I've learned to rejoice in trials and tribulation. How can you say that? The reason why Paul was able to say that was because he understood that inside of him dwelled the presence of God. You can read more later in, in 2 Corinthians 11, 24 to 37, where he goes for about three, four verses, just talking about hardships after hardships after hardships, and one way or another, recognizing and honoring the presence of God. Check this out. Check this out. I got more for you. Don't let this distract you. Here we go. The fire transforms physical reality into spiritual truth. The fire transforms physical reality. Physical reality is they were shipwrecked. Physical reality is they were cold. Physical reality is they were, uh, they were, they were imprisoned. Physical reality is they were going through a hard time. But spiritual truth said that there was a purpose and a destiny and direction in their life in midst of the storm. Number two, not only is uh, they found comfort in the fire, but the fire had a purpose. If you read Acts 27, verse 22 to verse 25, you will realize that, that in the middle of that, it says, yeah, I now, this is, this is Paul talking um, when they were about to go in the ship and about to go into the, in the, in the, in the water, uh, um, and they were in the middle of all of that, um, and they were scared. They thought they were going to die. These are the words of Paul. He says, yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. He says, for this very night, there stood before me an angel of God whom I belong to, who I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar's, before Caesar's. And behold, God has granted all of you, those who sail with you. So take heart, man, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as it's been told. You know what he was saying is, he was saying, this experience that we're going through, we're not going to die. And the reason I know we're not going to die is because God said that I needed to go see Caesar. I have a mission on this trip. And so what he was saying, because I have a mission on this trip, the, um, one way or another, it may appear like I'm going through a hard situation. But at the end of the day, we, it won't. And he's saying there is purpose in this fire. That's why Paul was so comfortable instantly around the situation. Paul knew that at the end of the day, nothing will happen to them because God said there is the purpose behind this journey. Proverbs 16.9 says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his footsteps. You know what that means is that you may have a plan and your plan might take you off track at different times. Guess what? I've been there. There's a whole lot of times that I could tell you where I took control and I ended up in a mess, in a messy situation. But somehow God in his divinity, God in his sovereignty just changed the situation around and worked it for his glory. I've said this before and I will say it again. You are immortal until God's plans and purpose are fulfilled over your life. 
uh, 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 Isaiah says that there is no weapon formed against you will prosper. Does it say that you don't go through anything? No. But what he's saying is no weapon formed against you will prosper. Number three, the fire had to be fed. The fire had to be fed. If you look at this, it says Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and, and as he was putting it in the fire, a viper driven by the heat fastened himself on his hand. But, but before we focus on the viper, because oftentimes that's what we do, we focus on everything that's bad instead of focusing on what's good. What's good in here was that Paul gathered his own wood. What was good in here was that Paul was putting in work. As he was tired and weary, uh, Paul understood that the fire wouldn't last long unless it was fed. See, you can't, you can't, in Baltimore, we say hacking. I don't know if you've seen that when people standing in the corners and doing this, and they're trying to basically hitchhike, and so they call it hacking. You can't do spiritual hacking. You can't depend on somebody else to pray for you. You can't depend for somebody else to take you to your destination. You got to go to your own destination. You got to carry your own wood. You got to put in your own work. The presence of God doesn't just manifest itself in your life when you're lazy and bored and just hanging around the house and waiting for God to do something. No, you got to enter into the presence of God. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Paul brought his own wood. Paul didn't wait for others to take care of his situations. He took care of it himself. If you're waiting for somebody else to build your fire, you will be disappointed anyways. We, we, we need to stop waiting for other people to stir up the fire that is inside of us or the fire that should be inside of us. In, in, in the business world, they say, uh, they say value add. Wherever you go into any place, you don't wait for, for people to do anything for you. You actually come in and add value to the situation. That's one thing that's different about all this is wherever I go, I understand that I am not called for this hand-me-down spirit. No, the devil is a liar. I don't want anybody to hand anything down my way. Don't get me wrong. I'll take a blessing all day, every day. Amen. Holler back. But what I am saying is, I'm not waiting for anybody to do anything for me. At the end of the day, it is my job to enter into the presence of God. It is my job to listen to the voice of God. It is my job to pray and seek his presence. It is my job to carry my own wood and put it into the fire. And not only is it my job to do all that, but it's also my job to have a positive spirit wherever I go. People shouldn't feel disappointed when you walk into a room, people shouldn't feel confused and frustrated and discouraged because you have a negative spirit, because you complain about everything, because you're just walking around and waiting for people to do for you. Stop that foolishness. That's a lie from the enemy. It is your job. It is your job to transform every scenario that you are in because you carry the presence of God. Think about this. Everywhere Jesus went, something happened. And the Bible says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That means that wherever I go, he goes. Remember that song back in the day, my buddy, my buddy, wherever I go. I didn't hear you. Wherever I go, he goes. And that's why you have to remember that. Wherever you go, 
It is your job to take the presence of God with you. And simply, just because of that, that you change your attitude completely about anybody. Unchurched people should see a difference in you. I'll never, I'll never forget, I remember this one time, I, I wasn't doing this middle of construction, and when I walked into this construction site, there was other contractors in there, and they were swearing up a storm. They had all types of music, using all types of profanity and, and disgusting words, and they were just in the middle of all that craziness. And so me and my buddy Kip at the time, uh, uh, the first day we let it slide because we were just the new guys. But the second day we got there before everybody else, and so we started playing worship because, you know, if you can do it, so can I. You play your music, I'll play my music, and we'll see what happens. And so we started worshiping, and we started listening to music, and, and we just, our attitude was completely different and we went on that for two or three days doing that by the third or fourth day something like that we walked in we was a little bit late when we got there the contractors were actually playing worship themselves and so when I when we asked yo we started kicking it with it we said what what happened and they were like yeah we kind of noticed you guys are different not different in a bad way but different in a good way people should want what you have Problem is we turn people off because we're so robotic and, and, and hypocritical too because you say you have God, but you complain about everything. You say you have God, but you have a negative spirit. You say you have God, but you're always walking around victimized. Don't you have the victory of the Lord? Don't you have the assurance of the, 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 the presence of God inside of you? Simply because of that, everything should be different. Again, it doesn't mean that you don't have problems and difficulties. We all have them. One of these days, I'll just preach to you about all my problems. I got 99 problems, but the Spirit ain't one. Listen, he carried his own wood. That's why Paul says and told Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God which is in you. You got to keep this fire going. You got to keep working it. You got to enter into the presence of God. You got to walk around with the assurance and the security that God is in control. The fourth thing about this story that catches my attention is that the fire brought out the serpents. You can read it, 28 verse 3 and 5. The, the Bible is very clear on what brought the serpent out. It was the fire of the Holy Spirit. It teaches us that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The, the Spirit convicts us of wrongdoing. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Instead of feeling guilty or instead of feeling all bad and ashamed because, uh, because you did something wrong and suddenly you feel bad on the inside, you know what? That's the Holy Spirit letting you know, hey, guess what? Work on this. You need to deal with whatever the situation is. You can't just continue to do what you think you want to do and act, uh, and act a fool. He says, if the Spirit of God is convicting you, embrace what the voice of God is saying in your life. Have you ever done anything wrong and instantly feel the conviction of God? You might ignore the conviction, but that doesn't mean he didn't do his job. Spirit of God convicts you of wrongdoing. And that happens all the time. I've said this before in a story. I'm not sure if it was at this church or what church it was. But one time, uh, 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 my dog ate one of my shoes, and, and I got really, really angry. 
really, really angry. And, and instantly in my anger, because it was these, these, these shoes were fresh, I ain't gonna lie to you, and they were brand new too. I hadn't even used them yet, and she was already just ripping them apart. And I was so, so angry. And instantly the Spirit of God talked to me and told me, regardless of what she did, it is your job to have self-control and have your emotions in check. Hmm. I remember I got bow, I bowed down to my knees and started apologizing to my dog. How do you do that? It wasn't the dog, and it wasn't the shoes that caused that. The dog is the dog. That's my baby, though. Don't get me wrong. But the dog is the dog, and the shoes, you can replace those all the time. But what was really different about that story was that the Holy Spirit convicted me at the time. And so if the Spirit of God is convicting you right now, Pastor, what is conviction? Do you feel inside of you something that challenges you, something that, that, that tells you maybe you shouldn't do this, maybe you shouldn't do that, maybe you shouldn't hang with this person, maybe you should delete this person from your social media, maybe you shouldn't do this on Friday nights, maybe you shouldn't do that at the job. Whatever the situation is, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is making you feel a certain type of way. Instead of ignoring it, embrace it. Guess what? You become a better person anyways. So at the end of the day, by embracing it, uh, uh, you are the one that benefits from the results of you embracing what the Spirit of God is doing in your life. Lastly, uh, if you look at the story, it says that the fire was a catalyst for transformation. The people expected him to swell up. They were looking at him and was like, oh, this dude is about to die, but it didn't happen that way. When they realized that he didn't swell up, that he didn't die, and not only for, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a few minutes of things, it says it was for a long time they waited and they realized that nothing happened to them. They changed their attitude. At one time they thought he was a murderer. They thought he was a bad man. And then they said, oh, snap, this man is a God. Obviously we know he wasn't a God, but I think that changed the attitude of the entire situation. If you read the story, you will realize that this fire was a spiritual representation of what was to happen next. What happened next? It says a revival turned out and it turned critics into converts. It says that that revival opened doors. Read it, verse six, verse seven, verse eight, verse nine, verse 10. It says that that revival transformed the island. It turned critics into converts. It opened doors. They ended up going to a wealthy man's house. In the, uh, I guess a pagan. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't study that far. Um, and, and it said that the island was transformed. Let me share a couple of things with you real quick. Um, John Wesley at one time, if you don't know John Wesley, is a, uh, a history, a, a scholar of the word, a preacher of the word, and um, very successful in ministry. And at one time they asked him, um, what is the secret to your success? And this is what he says. He says, I asked the Lord to set me on fire and let the people watch me burn. I asked the Lord to set me on fire and just let the people watch me burn burn simply because you have the presence of God and you activate it and you fan the flame of the presence of God inside of you you should be different 
because you are, a, you are a representation of Christ through the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. And everywhere in the world should know the difference because you are different. Three quick practical truths. One, you want to experience that fire? Join us this Friday for a 30-hour service, a revival. We're going to be in here praying, worshiping, hearing God's word, 30 different preachers, just encountering the presence of God. I pray that God will use that to ignite inside of you fire. Two, read and study about the Holy Spirit. How are you going to know about the Holy Spirit by coincidence? You got to put in work to carry your own wood. Thirdly, just pray and ask him to reveal himself to you. Ask him to take control of your life and ask him to move mightily in your soul. Pray this message has helped you, and I can't wait to hear more about you. God bless you, and remember, we all need the fire. Thanks for listening to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe while you're there. If you'd like to download sermon notes, just click the link in the description. If you'd like to take part in our 30th anniversary challenge, go to bridgeway.cc 30. That's bridgeway.cc T-H-I-R-T-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.